All right. So there is notes if you guys wanted notes. Basically, the notes are just uh, scripture verses um, about baptism, about baptism of the Holy Spirit. Uh, the reason I wanted to give it to you, again, is because my reading ability is not the greatest right now. But I'm going to try to read it, but it's more powerful if you read it and think about it later. Um, so I'm going to just pray, and then I'm going to get started. Holy Spirit, I just ask you to move across this room, that you would give us fresh revelation of baptism, baptism of the Holy Spirit, baptism of repentance, that you would set our eyes on things above, that our hope would be in you, and that we would see miracles today. In Jesus' name, amen. So to me, baptism is more than just a sign. A lot of people talk about, hey, baptism is a sign of you dying with Christ and rising with Christ. And that's true. It is a symbol of when he dies and when he rises again. But there's greater power in baptism than most of us in this room believe or understand. There's power that happens when the person goes under, the Holy Spirit comes upon them and they're transformed. They're completely changed. Their spirit is changed. Their spirit is renewed. And some of these verses that we're going to read today is going to show you the power of baptism and then the power of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So the thing that's confusing, there's lots of things that are confusing about the Bible, right? Like one verse says one thing and another verse says another thing. So with baptism, there's scripture that talk about people being baptized and then, after baptism, they need somebody to pray for them to get the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Other verses talk about, hey, this, the, peop, the, the Spirit fell on the Gentiles and gave them the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And now they need to be baptized. And then there's other times when it happens all at the same time. And so baptism, there's not a A, B, C, D right way to do it. We're just going to do wherever the Holy Spirit leads us to go. And when we do it, he will meet us there. So I want to start with my testimony about baptism because I want you to have faith today that when these people get baptized, they are going to be changed on the inside and then they will also receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So when I was about nine or ten years old, I believed in Jesus. I went to a church that there was no gifts of the Holy Spirit. You never talked about the Holy Spirit other than that he would come live inside of you. I've never heard any things about prophecy, healing, speaking in tongues, none of that. So at 9 or 10, I get baptized. I come up out of the water, and usually after baptism in the church I grew up with, it's a big celebration. You have a party afterwards at the church. Everybody comes and eats together. So my mom took me into a room to change clothes so I could go upstairs to the party. On my way up the stairs, I start speaking in tongues, and I'm drunk. I can't walk straight. It scared my mom so bad, she's yelling at me to stop it and to take control of yourself because she thought I was going crazy, literally, because we have... Uh, psychotic breakdowns in my family. Like she's been around it where she saw somebody lose their mind and have to go into a sane asylum for a little bit. So she thought that was happening to me at nine years old walking up the stairs. And when she screamed at me to stop, I stopped. 
And none of us remembered that ever again. Until I was 20 years old, I'm down here in Kansas City, and I was praying to God, saying, Lord, why, haven't you, why won't you give me the gift of tongues? I want the gift of tongues. I want the gift of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit said, I already gave it to you. And then brought up my memory 10 years when I was 9, 10 years old, that instance, to where he gave it to me. And when, I had, when my memory connected to that memory, I was immediately filled with the Holy Spirit. I was able to speak in tongues and the wave washed over me. I called my mom and said, Mom, do you remember this event? And she said, no. And then she prayed about it and the Holy Spirit did the same thing to her as brought up her memory of it happening. And the point of the story is, is nobody in the whole church believed in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But because baptism is more than just going in water and coming out of water, it's a transformation of our spirits he poured out upon me. And so today when the people are baptized, I have faith that they will receive the Holy Spirit either when they're coming out of the water or when we lay hands on them and prophesy over them. Amen? Amen. So let's turn to those, uh, those pages of Scripture. I want to read some of them to you because in the Scripture about baptism, it will transform our thoughts and our faith about baptism. For those people online, I'm going to just uh, read the, the books in the chapter to you. Galatians chapter 3. 26 through 27. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you were baptized into Christ and have been clothed yourself in Christ. That's a, a miraculous statement. Is what they're saying is when you get baptized and you're coming up out of the water, you are then clothed with Christ clothed with his spirit, so you are totally transformed. You're, you're somebody totally different than you were before. You have greater access to heaven. You have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. His righteousness is now yours because of the act of baptism. Okay? This is one of my favorite scriptures, this next one about baptism. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 21. And this water symbolizes baptism that now saves you, also not that the removal of dirt from your body, but the pledge of a clear conscience towards God. It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So people have different versions. I'm going to explain this to you. What it's saying is when you go under the water with baptism, your spirit and your conscience is completely clean. It's completely pure. Every sin that you've ever done before no longer exists. It is totally wiped away from you. Your memory shouldn't be thinking about it anymore. Your thoughts shouldn't be thinking about it. Your body shouldn't be thinking about it. So many people I've run into that are believers are tormented from things that they happened in their past. From sins that they did, from bad things that have happened. But what this first Peter is telling us is when you go under and you come up, your heart is cleansed. Your conscience is clean. When I stand before God, I don't have any bad feelings that he's mad at me or that he's angry at me or that I've done anything wrong before him because when I went under, I asked for forgiveness. And when I came out, I rose with him into a new life. Does that make sense? There is so much power in baptism 
that many of us, even though we've been baptized, don't understand and can't comprehend. I don't fully comprehend this verse. This verse, if we understand it, will change our relationship with Jesus and God because when we approach him, we won't feel guilty. When we approach him, I won't have the enemy lying to me about things I've done in the past because there is no record of them. They've been completely removed. In Acts 2, in Acts 2 verse 38, Peter replied, Repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So with baptism, when we say, Lord, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. And when you go under and you come up, you're forgiven and then you get the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, scripture seems to lead to two different things with the, well, a lot of things with the Holy Spirit that's hard to understand. One of them is I believe when you get baptized, you get the Holy Spirit inside of you. And I think that's pretty clear with Scripture. But then there's other Scripture that talk about a baptism of the Holy Spirit that gives you greater power than just the regular, than just Holy Spirit living in you. It's the power of the Holy Spirit working through you. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit. In John chapter 3, verse 5. Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no man can enter the kingdom of God unless, unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Everybody needs to be born of the Spirit to enter the kingdom of heaven. What does that mean? It means our spirits have to be renewed, it has to be strengthened, it has to be filled with the Holy Spirit to enter the kingdom. Key word is kingdom. When you read these scriptures about baptism, over and over and over, it's pointing us to a kingdom, Jesus' kingdom. And the questions we need to ask ourselves is, what is that kingdom? What does that kingdom look like? What does that kingdom feel like? What are the promises of the resurrection that I'm a part of because I was baptized and filled with the Spirit? Acts chapter 2, or 22, Acts Chapter 22, verse 16. And now what are you wanting for, waiting for? Get up, be baptized, wash your sins away, calling on his name. When those sins are washed away, they never come back in the Lord's view. They're completely gone. The scripture says, as far as the east is from the west, that's how far I removed your iniquities from you. Imagine how often in the past week or the month that you have been beat up by things that you've already asked in forgiveness for. That the enemy's beating you up with, with thoughts or uh, depression, anxiety, confusion. And you've been forgiven. And all you need to do is to claim what you received at baptism. The forgiveness of sins with repentance. And it has no hold on you. It has no strength on you. There's power in this water today. There's resurrection power when they go under and come up. Titus chapter 3 verse 5. He saved us, not because of righteous things that we've done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of the rebirth and the renewing by the Holy Spirit. Think of that. The washing of the rebirth and the renewing of the Holy Spirit. And he didn't, you didn't earn it. So you will never earn it. When you screw up, you are never going to earn righteousness. 
The only way to righteousness is through repentance and claiming what Jesus did on the cross and when he rose again. It gives you freedom. Whenever I screw up, I've had this gift since I've been saved, since I was baptized, that I usually, I think I can say that, 99.999%, I never feel guilty afterwards. If I screw up and I repent, as soon as I repent, that guilt falls away. Between me and Jesus or whoever it is, I'm in right standing because I knew deep down in my heart I was a horrible sinner before. Horrible. I mean, I dealt drugs, uh, had sex, um, sold drugs, tried to kill people. You know, anything you can imagine, I did. And when I got saved and I accepted baptism, that when I went under and came up, I would be totally forgiven. I know in my heart that if he's willing to forgive all those things that I didn't even do, that I did wrong not loving him, how much faster is he going to forgive me now when I'm loving him and trying to do the things of the kingdom? He moves it so fast away, it doesn't even stay on me. The enemy has hold over us if we don't believe what God has given you through the Holy Spirit and through the forgiveness of sins and through the power of resurrection because the power has set us free. He's forgiven us. When I screw up and I ask for forgiveness, he doesn't have to think about it. I don't need to put myself in time out. He immediately forgives me. And now there's consequences, even physical consequences of things that I do that might screw up. Like let's say I yell at my kid without any provocation and I hurt his feelings and I have to repent to him and say I'm sorry. I still have to mend that relationship but before the Lord I'm forgiven and now I have to work on my personal relationship with my kid. Does that make sense? So I want to transition to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 1, for those online, I'm just going to highlight a couple verses, but basically 1 through probably 9, 8. He also presented himself alive after his suffering, many infallible proofs being seen by them for 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God and being assembled together with them he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem but to wait from the promise of the father he said you have heard from me for John truly baptized with water but you shall baptize with the Holy Spirit not many days from now Verse 8, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall be witnesses in, to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So this is a very complex scripture when we think of the whole, entire, the whole New Testament. The reason it's complex is because Jesus is telling his apostles and his friends and his followers to wait with them in this building until he gets endured from power from on high, from the Father, and give them the Holy Spirit. But we know all through the Gospels that these apostles were doing signs and wonders. We, through the Gospels, know where it says that Jesus breathed on them and they received the Holy Spirit. So Jesus is telling them there's more of the Holy Spirit that the Father is going to release over you than you've ever touched before. 
And he's saying it's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 8, verse 12 through 18. Philip, as he preached these things concerning the kingdom of God, and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Then Simon himself also believed, and when he was baptized, he continued with Philip, and was amazed seeing the miracles, the signs, the wonders that were done. And now when the apostles who were in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. When they had come down, they prayed for them to receive the Holy Spirit, for as yet they had not yet fallen upon them. They all had been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Now, that is an amazing statement, because Philip is somebody who does signs and wonders. Philip is the guy who was transported from one location to another location to baptize the eunuch. Philip is the one that was set apart to be over um, the women who the food wasn't being distributed. So this is a highly man of God who the Holy Spirit is with and is baptizing people and doing signs and wonders. But when he baptized them, they had not yet received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Paul or Peter and John had to come down to give it to them. So we see this is an example of where you had to lay hands on somebody, even though they were baptized in the name of Jesus, that you had not yet received the gift of the Holy Spirit. I believe there's people in this room right now who have been baptized in the name of Jesus, but have not yet been given the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If that's you, Later today, when we're praying for people, we're going to have a time where if you haven't received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, Randy and I are going to pray for people up here. One of the questions you can ask yourself, if you've received it or not, is if you, if you have to ask, do you, did you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? My guess is you haven't had it happen yet. Because when you know, you know. And it's nothing prideful about it. You just know that he's in here moving, moving, speaking to you. It's not just the gift of tongues. I want to make that clear. I don't believe that the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that the only sign is the gift of tongues. Other scripture that is on this paper, if we get to it, talks about also people are prophesying. It also talks about... Um, not the scripture, from people I've talked to, other pastors who've been ministers longer. I said, how, how can you determine somebody who has the baptism of the Holy Spirit and somebody who just has the Holy Spirit living inside of them? One thing they said to me is they said, when they're under attack, it's usually harder on them because they have to work a lot harder to fight off the enemy. But when you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you have that... Scripture in John chapter 4, the wells of living water living within you. Other version says rivers living with inside of you. When I'm under attack, literally, if I feel like this morning, I felt like kind of anxiety of what everything that was going on. And I just closed my eyes and I said, Jesus, I'm getting in the river. And I pictured myself flowing with the Holy Spirit with inside of me. And immediately, I'm talking within a millisecond. The pressure off my head lifted up. 
I had clear vision, my head stopped hurting, and I felt better. That is the baptism of the Holy Spirit flowing within me, but I had to choose to allow him to work inside of me. If, even if I have him inside of me and I don't go to him, I'm going to face that battle super hard. Does that make sense? Hope it does. All right, Acts chapter 11, verse 15 and 16. I began to speak and the Holy Spirit fell upon them as at the beginning. When I remembered the word of the Lord and how he said, John indeed baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So what Peter was saying is he was saying for the Gentiles, he was just talking to them and the Spirit fell down on them. And he's saying, just as it fell down on us in the upper room, it fell down on them, and now they need to be baptized. And so that is, a, that is an example of somebody being filled with the Spirit and then needing the baptism of repentance. Does that make sense? Acts chapter 19, verse 5 and 7. When they had heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them. They spoke with tongues and prophesied. So that story is that Paul runs into these group of believers. They were already baptized. And he says, well, what who were you baptized in? And they said, oh, we were baptized in the baptism of John, the baptism of repentance. And he says, haven't you heard, been baptized of the Holy Spirit? Their response was, we've never even heard of the Holy Spirit. Who is he? And that's when Paul was able to tell them and then baptize them and then lay hands on them. And they were filled. They were filled with power. They were filled with the resurrection. When you look over these verses, especially in Acts, because Luke likes to mention the kingdom of God. I set my eyes on the kingdom. It says, over and over in these baptism stories that the preacher preached the kingdom of God and then they repented and were baptized and were filled. The kingdom of God is so big, right? Like we could talk about any, almost anything we preach on, you could say is the kingdom of God. The thing I want to highlight to you today is that the kingdom of God is a real physical place that we are going to be a part of in the resurrection. It's real. When we walk on there, we're going to be able to touch things. We're going to be able to feel things. Jesus is going to come and restore all things. His kingdom will be set up for eternity. And we will walk. We will talk. We will en en embrace each other. There's so many things of the kingdom that are available for us if we think about what the kingdom actually means. When Jesus rose from the dead and you got baptized... Now you have access to this kingdom in heaven for eternity. For eternity. We will be with him forever in his kingdom. One of my favorite scriptures is Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14. I'll just summarize it. But it says that you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise for the redemption and the resurrection of the glory of Jesus. What Ephesians is saying is it's like a wedding engagement ring. It's saying, Jesus gave you the Holy Spirit as a promise that he is going to return and set up his kingdom. All of the apostles in the New Testament thought that Jesus was going to set up his physical kingdom 
on earth and that they would be a part of it. And that's true. That is his kingdom. When it talks about in Acts, when it says Jesus was here for 40 days, it says that he was teaching them about the kingdom. And so when they left, their message throughout all of the world was to preach this kingdom that is coming to the earth that we can be a part of with the forgiveness of sins and the resurrection of our bodies and our spirits. Amen? Okay. So during this time, we will transition to the great baptisms. And so we have two people today uh, that are going to get baptized. If you're sitting in the room and you're thinking about what I said, and you're like, I want to be baptized again, even if you were baptized before, get in line. Because there is power when you go under and you come up. If you've already done it once, it doesn't mean you're going to get more power. I've been baptized twice. When I got baptized my second time when I was in my 20s, it meant more for my intellect and my relationship with Jesus than it did when I was little. When I was 10, I got baptized as a 10-year-old. I loved Jesus, and that's all I knew. When I was 20 and got baptized, I understood it. And so when I came up out of the water, it meant more to me emotionally. I didn't receive a greater part of the Holy Spirit, but it helped me relate to him. A lot of people, when they travel to Israel, they'll go get baptized where John baptized and where Jesus got baptized. They do that as a symbol. They're not gaining anything more from God, but it's a symbol of them being able to put in their brains, this is what I'm doing. I'm choosing it with knowledge this time. I'm choosing it with understanding, and I want greater understanding. After each person gets baptized, Randy and myself are going to come up here, and we're going to lay hands on them. We're going to give them the Holy Spirit, and we're going to prophesy over them. After we've done that with the people who have been baptized, if you're in the room and you were like one of these verses where you were baptized in the name of Jesus, but you didn't receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, if you want to come up and get prayed for by me and Randy, that's the time to come up. Amen? So we're going to start with the Elliot's family first. So as they get ready over there, I'm going to start moving in that direction. 